0: Welcome to the Retire While You Work podcast here in Nashville, Tennessee. We believe the concept of retirement in this country is fundamentally broken. We work ourselves to death and we miss out on so many of life's precious moments. I'm David Adams.
1: I'm Carson Odom. I'm Miles Zuger.
0: And together, as a team of Certified Financial Planner Professionals and CPAs, we're committed to helping free others from this antiquated mindset, using our three-bucket approach to managing money and finding creative ways to live now and retire while you work. Join us as we discuss a variety of financial topics and ways to help us change the way we think about time and money and which one of these is the true currency.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Retire While You Work podcast. For this week, we've got an episode focusing on interest rates. I'm Carson. Miles is here with me. Thanks for joining us. And I think all of us can kind of agree that interest rates affect us in some sort of way, whether it be um, on the money-making side when you have interest that you're yielding from savings account or bonds or something on the sort, or on the expense side. If you borrow money, whether it be a credit card or a personal loan or a mortgage, um, you're paying interest um, and that interest is derived from an interest rate on the money that you borrow so to get into it today before we get too far into the weeds um, Miles I'll let you start we can kind of go through interest rates how we viewed interest rates going uh, growing up and what interest rates were whenever we were growing up how much we can remember I'll let you kind of kick us off with that
0: yeah I mean I think interest rates are something that they're obviously impact everybody in in numerous ways but they're not really something you think about on everyday basis until they're in the news pretty heavily i mean thinking back to interest rates as a kid i mean i don't don't even know if i knew what an interest rate was until i was in my teens it wasn't like you know it's not something that when you're growing up you really think about you don't when you're 12 years old you don't care about what the interest rate on a mortgage is or how much your savings account is earning you probably don't have a credit card so you're not worried about how much interest you're is on your credit card if you're not paying it off each month, which you should try to pay that off each month yep. if you're able to. And um, but when you grow up, become an adult, I think they become interest rates become pretty important in uh, in your financial life. Do you remember
1: what, like for example, your parents I would guess had a mortgage on their house. Do you remember what their mortgage was growing up, or were you really involved in any of those conversations?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, as a kid, I obviously wasn't involved in those conversations. I've no idea what their interest rate would have been, but I know they purchased their house in the eighties and interest rates were pretty high in the eighties. So it was probably, you know, 10 to 15% potentially on their mortgage, which, you know, now rates are obviously on the rise a little bit. And that's kind of why we're doing this, this timely podcast episode, but they're still historically low. And it's crazy to think that, you know, an interest rate on a mortgage was 10 or 15%. It's a premium you're paying on top of the, the loan you already taken out, which is for sure crazy to think about from our standpoint, being a younger generation. I think do you do you remember what yours was, Carson? Yeah, I think
1: for me, too, from a mortgage perspective with my parents, I don't necessarily recall. I think the I first, me and my wife, first purchased our home in 2016, and I think we had a 3.25% mortgage, so that was obviously near all time lows for a 30 year mortgage, and then on the savings side, even as far as my first savings account that my parents opened up for me at the bank, it literally had like a 0.01% interest rate. So I remember seeing interest hit my savings account and literally be one penny, um, just nothing. And I feel like since I was you know, aware of everything going on, it's just been nothing but extremely low interest rates. And I just hear stories about people having interest rates on their mortgages, like you said, in the double digits above 10% and i hear about cds that you used to be able to get locking in a 10 percent interest rate on a cd and that just sounds so crazy now that interest rates have been falling for decades now Um, and i'm not sure if in our lifetime we'll ever see interest rates get back up that high it's pretty interesting how we're so accustomed to low interest rates and um, it certainly hasn't been the norm for forever
0: yeah crazy to think that 25 30 years ago you could have locked in a cd that you know just expired not that long ago and you were getting 12, 13, 14, 15% on it.
1: Right. A pretty damn competitive
0: rate of return. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so if we look at interest rates as a whole, I think what's really at the top of headlines these days is the Fed and what the Fed's going to do with interest rates. And interest rates are going to start going up because ever since COVID happened, the Fed lowered interest rates to as low as they can go, near 0%. Um, so we hear about the Fed and what they're going to do. Are they going to raise or lower interest rates? If they're going to raise them, how much are they going to raise them by? So if you want, kind of explain a little bit about what's technically going on and how does the Fed have that much power? What are interest rates now? What are they going to go up to and that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to what really drives interest rates and where the Fed wants to keep them, it's kind of tied around inflation. There's a couple factors that they really pay attention to when they're trying to, to gauge how the economy is doing. And that is, you know, where inflation is at on kind of a rolling basis and where unemployment is at. There's a couple factors of where they try to keep that close to. I think inflation is around that, you know, two to two and a half to 3% range. And so with COVID and everything that went on a couple of years ago, crazy to think that it's already been a, two years ago, but like Carson said, they slash interest rates to near zero. Nobody was out. Buying much, everybody was kind of stuck inside, and so inflation, you know, it, it, interest rates really fell there. Now they're they're trying to get that back to those historical norms, and with everybody out and about, and you know, Russia invading Ukraine and and supply chain issues, we've certainly seen inflation take off this year this year as well. And so the Fed's in a position of trying to calm inflation down, and to do that, they kind they need don't kind of I mean they do need to raise rates to get that back to a more sustainable long-term average of that two and a half, three percent range. And so one way they do that is by, you know, checking to see where unemployment is at and if, if we're at a full labor force and then at the same time trying to, you know, raise interest rates to to pair up that, um, that overall inflation number.
1: Yeah. And what, what's happening when we hear about the Fed raising interest rates, It's something called the federal funds rate. And what's happening is some of the nation's largest banks, they have certain reserve requirements that have been put in place by the federal government. So, for example, you deposit a thousand dollars in your local bank. The bank just isn't keeping that thousand dollars in a nice nice safe in the corner of the bank so that whenever you want it, you can come get your thousand dollars. Banks are loaning out your money. That's where the money comes from for banks to loan out. So if you deposit a thousand banks are probably going to loan out upwards of 70, 80% of the money that you put in the bank because they have to earn money. That's how banks earn money. You deposit money with them. They pay you a little bit of interest, not much these days. And then they loan it out and they make money on the, um, they make money on the money that they loan out. So it's a trickle down effect. The fed sets this federal funds rate at the very top. And that is the rate that member banks pay to overnight meet their reserve requirements. So each day, the amount of capital that each bank has changes as customer, as they loan out money and as customers deposit money. And there's always a certain percentage that they have to meet to be under the requirements from the federal government. So if they're under the requirement, they'll borrow money from... The government, and it's this federal funds rate that they have to pay in order to borrow that money if they need to help meeting the requirement. And then it's a trickle down effect. So if they're having to pay higher interest rates to meet that requirement, well, then they have to make uh, they have to raise interest rates for borrowing because they then have to make more money and it's just an entire trickle-down effect. Over time, we eventually, see this impact things like our savings accounts where i think for most people you're lucky if you're getting 0.01 percent i think we've heard some online banks maybe paying a little bit of a premium on your savings account but you're lucky extremely lucky if you're making over one percent so that's where the whole terminology of the fed raising and lowering interest rates um, comes from it's still a crapshoot what it's going to end up being for the rest of this year we've heard interest rates ending the year is higher as two and a half to three percent, or that might have been the target for uh, summer. to
0: say yeah, we were looking at the um, the federal funds kind of uh, predictor earlier today, and you know it's looking at where rates are going to be, and, and it predicts what or where where they think rates are going to go, and how much they're going to go up over the next. You know they break out each month, and then show projections a year out, year and a half out, and I think. Uh, if I remember correctly, they was showing rates somewhere al- around that you know three, three and a half percent range at this time next year, which okay, that's um, right. is going to you know as individuals and consumers and businesses, it's going to affect um, affect us all in in different ways. I mean, a few of those ways are you know mortgage rates. If you've been trying to buy a house here lately or refinance, you've certainly seen those rates on the rise. Oh yeah,
1: and I'll I'll, I'll do one specific item on that at the end of 2021 the average 30-year mortgage rate in the united states and this is data according to the st louis fed was 3.1 the average 30-year mortgage rate was 3.11 which is insane that's so insanely low and it got well below three percent summer of 2021 i'm looking at august of 2021 being around 2.7 for that average 30-year
0: i refinanced around probably around then last year and I think we locked in 2.75 on a 30-year mortgage
1: I think mine's right at 3% so still historically low and now even it's huge what this year has done so far as of March 24th of this year the average 30-year mortgage rate in the United States is up to 4.4% so we're seeing a one and a half percent change and I forgot the specific numbers, but a, a jump in 1% in interest rates for those trying to buy a home or refinance their home, it impacts your mortgage payment in a huge way.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, even if you, like Carson was just mentioning how much they're up over the, you know, the last six months or so, I was reading an article this weekend and it was saying, you know, that from the last six months, where rates are at currently, the average mortgage payment is up about 20 to 22%, just with, you know, a. Uh, one and a half to a two point uptick in mortgage rates, which for, you know, somebody trying to buy a home that was ready to do it and just couldn't find a home in the current housing market. Now, not only are they having to pay a higher price because that house appreciated, they're now having to pay 20% more on that monthly payment just with rates on the rise. So it's, you know, it's, um, I don't know if it's going to slow down housing demand or what it's going to do, but I think, um, you know, time will kind of tell on that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's just mortgage rates, how much we've seen, an increase here recently. There's also savings account rates that are still, even though we've already seen one rate hike from the Fed year to date, uh, raising interest rates up 25 basis points. Savings account rates, I don't know about anyone else out there, mine still is awful. I haven't seen a change in my savings account going up.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I, I have an on, most of my money in an online banking account. Like Carson was saying earlier, you get a little bit of a higher, a higher, payment with that because I don't have all the brick and mortar shops, but you know, I think when I opened that I was at close to 2% and then over the last couple of years it slowly trickled down. And I think, you know, if I'm lucky, I'm probably sitting at maybe 0.2 or 0.3 right now. Um, and you haven't, you know, like you certainly haven't seen that rise in savings accounts rates with this uptick in interest rates yet. Hopefully.
1: No, definitely not at all. Here's, um, the average interest rates on money market accounts. Are 0.06 percent and that has let's see that's data for last year and they got up to as high as 0.2 percent in the summer of 2019 so nothing insane Um, and I think it will be a while before we see interest rates and our savings accounts really go up Um, and then also on vehicle loans or any other sort of personal loans or construction or yeah vehicle loans or other personal loans, you'll start to see an increase in those borrowing rates as well. Um, anything that's
0: collateralized, of course, is it helps, but anything uncollateralized will be higher, of course. Um, credit cards, I would imagine, you know, credit card interest rates are always pretty high, in the mid to high teens. But even those, I'm sure, we'll probably get back to you know twenty 20%, percent low twenties with the uptick in interest rates here as well but you know uh, as a whole we always recommend if you're able to pay that credit card off each month because that's um those interest rates are are high and certainly interest and debt you don't need to be paying on if you're able to but there is always you know extreme circumstances where some people need to leave a balance on there for a couple months or a few months whatever that is but when you're able to try and get those credit cards paid off
1: that's right the um here recently, the average interest rate on commercial banks, the average interest rate on credit cards from commercial banks, again, this is also from the St. Louis Fed, this data is has historically, there wasn't a huge change um, whenever we went through the COVID pandemic. Prior to the COVID pandemic, average was about 15%, which again, this is consumer debt, so it's extremely high. Now the average is about 14.5%. Um, So not a huge change if we're looking at the late 90s It was only about 16% the national average obviously. This is highly determined by your credit score In the early 2010s uh, These numbers got down to 12 and 13 percent. So just for perspective to give an idea of how these interest rates affects so many different ways of borrowing and saving out there. It's pretty interesting Um, and lastly the last kind of big item that's affected by interest rates is bonds. I think you know, used to the old saying uh, that we hear a lot is own your age in bonds. And you know, if somebody's 70 or 70 years old, the old recommendation, of course, based on somebody's personal time horizon and investment risk, would be to own 30% of a portfolio in stock and 70% in bonds. And reason being is bonds you might have made five or six percent on that fixed income that you're holding, but nowadays you're lucky if you're getting one or 2% on your fixed income. And with interest rates going up, that obviously increases the risk, interest rate risk with the bond, current bonds that are out there, their prices falling. So it's not a very good environment for bonds yet. If we really start to see interest rates start going up, bonds might be more attractive. But again, we're talking about historically low interest rates. Um, bonds and, aren't gonna all of a sudden start and, paying boo of money.
0: And in times like we've seen here with you know rates on the rise but still historically low and in inflation you know the report the cpi reported numbers seven or eight percent um you know that doesn't even really include energy and food so if you throw that back in and measure it how they did back in the 80s you're probably more at like 15 percent inflation um in times like this there's you know the best place to have your money is typically in stocks. so we're having to you know with some of our clients instead of having, you know, owning their aging bonds or having, you know, half to a third of their portfolio in fixed income, we're having to own a little bit more stocks just to keep up with inflation and to find some sort of, of return in this current environment that we're in.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, so in essence, that's interest rates, nothing too exciting, but it's pretty interesting to talk about and realize how much of our daily lives are kind of affected by them from the spending side and on the saving side. And I think what's interesting is the Fed controlling where interest rates are at. There's a motive behind what they're doing, and it's all getting consumers to spend their money or save their money in a certain way based on how they feel is best for the economy. So, for example, if they're going to sit here and raise interest rates astronomically, And if you go out there and 30-year mortgage rates are all of a sudden 10%, that's going to slow down the amount of people that are purchasing homes and the value of homes that people can purchase. So the Fed's goal would be for people to not spend as much money on homes and instead save it because if interest rates on a 30-year mortgage are 8 or 10%, maybe you can get a decent savings rate in the bank account. So the Fed's motive there would be for people to save more money instead of spending more money. And that's really the motive behind what the Fed is doing with interest rates is to try to get consumers to behave what they're spending and saving in a certain way. And what are we to do about it?
0: I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do about <laughs> it. It's not one of those things where you can, you know, call up your local congresswoman or congressman and ask them to call the Fed and see what they can do. It is one of those things where they're yep. just trying to control monetary policy and this is the way it's done through the the through interest rates and either raising them or lowering them and you know in a in a period where inflation has run a little rampant and rates were at a low the way to do that is to start raising interest rates and so it's one of those things like we kind of said at the beginning where you don't necessarily think about interest rates until it starts to maybe inconvenience you or They're they're too low or they're too high, and so we're just kind of one of those periods where it's not necessarily wait and see, but you you have to be proactive in the plan that you're putting together um, as far as interest rates are a part of that.
1: That's right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So for everyone out there that's listening, we appreciate you listening in on another episode of Retire While You
0: Work, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody.
1: Any opinions are those of myself and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. The information contained in these podcasts do not purport to be a complete description of the securities market or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Every investor's situation is unique, and you should consider your investment goals, risk tolerance, and time horizon before making any investment. Prior to making an investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor about your individual situation. Any hypothetical examples are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary. Raymond James does not provide legal or tax services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Retire While You Work podcast. I'm Miles Zuger, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we discuss creative ways to manage your time and money.